Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. afternoon we are here to talk about american werewolf in london released in 1981 it's even older than me and me oh my gosh but not me but not me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but before we get started uh, i want to ask katie what's new with you well i'll tell you what's not new is this fucking rain (sighs) i mean this is I know that there are places in the country that get this kind of rain regularly. It's like an annual thing, but um, I think that that's a, it's a particularly awful thing for teachers. Um, inside recess. Inside recess, inside <sighs> lunch. I had to institute a no goldfish crackers rule in my classroom. You mean you don't like them all stomped into oh all the Oh my God. <laughs> and I was crevices. like, oh, somebody spilled it. Somebody did this. And then I saw some laying on my desk. I go, oh no, they were throwing them. Because uh, sometimes we have a very unpredictable you level didn't even of have supervision. Your mouth open. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, trying to I know, right? I'm, Put I'm, it in Miss Gail's mouth. <laughs> throw the crackers. I just sit at my desk with my mouth open. That's, that's my <laughs> teaching strategy. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it's been rough. Like all last week, there was only one day that it wasn't raining. Thursday, I remember. Yeah, it. <laughs> everybody's Got memory. That I know. one shining moment. <sighs> um, and I know that it's supposed to uh, continue into like midweek this week, and then maybe I'm like so over this. Yeah. Four and five year olds who aren't able to run around outside. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's like it builds up in their brain. <laughs> They're like wiggling. They're like. All wiggly at the table. And yeah. And I mean, and like, that, honestly, that's, that's not that different from sixth graders. It's just the sixth graders are bigger. Like, imagine Ugh. that, but with size 13 shoes. And they smell. Mine don't smell yet. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate in that. This is fortunate. Department. Yeah. Do you um, just I think come that in with axe <laughs> spray <laughs> it? Like, that would make it better? <laughs> in some situations, you yeah, never know. Yeah. Well, and another thing that's new is we have a new guest today that we've never had with us. Um, although his name is Tony. Not to be confused <laughs> Not with. Not to be confused with the previous Tony that we've had. Who's also an educator yeah. as well. And is, isn't your, your Tony redheaded as well? No, I don't think so. Uh, he shaves his head, so I don't know what yeah. his OG he's just, hair he's color He's just ready because he's Welsh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, he's a vice principal. So uh, he always has comes prepared too so that's nice yeah it's like ready ready to talk about movies but. i mean and maybe that's mm-hmm. the the source of the quality of this podcast is the fact that we're coming at it from an educational standpoint i don't think we at all it just happens to be who we know <laughs> these are the only people we spend any time with we're like you're a person why don't you come talk on this podcast? <laughs> Have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> the talkies. Okay. Yeah, so this is this is my uh, partner teacher and friend Tony. Welcome, um, Tony. Tony. Hello. What's new with you? What's new with me besides the rain and the fact that it's never going to stop and we have to start building boats to get to school? <laughs> um, we, my family, had a trip to Canada, and you know, tying it all always to horror movies. Um, we got there and it snowed and then it continued to snow and then the power went out for 24 hours and we were cooking food in the fireplace. 
I was almost ready to bust out the typewriter and say, I'll work in no play. It was rough. I mean, it got to the point where um, there was a barbecue outside on the little deck. And after I shoveled out my little walk, you know, being the California guy that I am, gee, look at me, this is fun. Um, I barbecued in three degree weather while it was hailing. So um, it was what, still... Were you, were oh, you tri- did you lose a bet? <laughs> <laughs> no, everyone else is like... Let's see yeah. if we could get him to do this. And he's like, <laughs> sure. Fun. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> yeah, no, but um, it was a good trip overall. But uh, besides that, just like every other educator in California right now, we're swimming to work. So oh, that's yeah. what's new with me. Yeah, it's, it's not fun. No. Um, I'm not a fan. Th- two yeah. thumbs down. To, I know. I'm like, oh, yay. It's, it's good to, that it's raining initially when it ca- I got here. Yeah. Now I'm like, who cares? <laughs> I don't care about the drought. <laughs> they could ration water from now on. For all I care. I'll stop showering, I swear. <laughs> just make it stop. I know. I'm just like done. done <laughs> well, done, what's done. new with you, Meredith? Um, well, as everyone maybe knows, I'm <coughs> engaged as I cough <laughs> in disgust. Not in disgust. But yeah, it really sounded just, like the cough was intended to disguise the statement. Yeah, you I just know. had to pause for a I'm moment. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, and since I'm engaged to someone who's a major planner slash my our engineer, he's already scoping out venues. Oh. And we are planning on getting... I already brought my bridesmaid's dress. Yeah, It's right. white. Oh, sure. Mine's not going to be white, so live your life if that's mm-hmm. what you want to yeah. do. No, and I, I assumed that. I mean, I saw what happened to your first wedding. Fest. And I'm like, the jig is up. I'm not virginal. I have two children. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's been scoping out wedding venues and asking me about place setting. Like, all, I'm like, Ugh. Place settings? Just like... Like, to register for All these things that I don't event? even... For the event. Okay. Like, all the planning. He has spreadsheets already for... Oh, does he have a binder from when he was a, a young a young boy? I don't... We should ask him. I never asked. I, yeah, he's been hiding it this him. whole time. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, also, on Friday... This is fun. Not at all. Um, <laughs> so, on Thursday, in my, I was getting, like, kind of weird chest pains and pain in my left arm. Oh. And you thought I was a like, heart attack would be a good thing well, to throw into the like, mix. this is probably nothing. And then on Friday, I was like, this isn't going away. So then I called Kaiser because I couldn't get an appointment out for like two weeks. So I called Kaiser and they're like, hmm, you just had COVID. Uh, you need to come to the emergency room. Oh, shit. Because, you know, they're like, it could be a blood clots or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. Like, I had a movie queued up. I was going to watch American Werewolf. In <laughs> You're like, I'm like, actually busy right now. Can I come in convenient. in about two hours? <laughs> So I went to the ER for the first time for myself. I had never mm-hmm. gone for myself. It's always for my kids for like broken arms and stitches. And I promise I don't beat my kids. But, um, you know, childhood injuries or whatever. But I was there for a few hours and just creeping on people's conversations. Because <laughs> like, I have the curtain. It's not soundproof. And I'm like listening to what everyone's what's Wait a ailing that everybody. isn't soundproof? Oh, apparently not. So. I thought it was intended to preserve the the sanctity of your doctor-patient privilege. Sure. No, they ask you, actually, when you come in. They're like, do you care about having, uh, discussing your treatment or whatever out in the open, or do you want it to be, like, in a private area? And I was like, I don't care. I would demand a private area. <laughs> just to see. Just to see what they would offer. They're, They're like, okay, well, we're toilet. taking you to the parking garage. We're taking you to the toilet. <laughs> don't mind the mop. This is a This <laughs> Um, I mean, they ran tests. They can't figure out what's wrong with me. I don't know. But it went away? Mm, it comes and goes. 
I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. So I don't like this. But they're like, it's not heart related and it's not clots. So how did they know that? Because they ran all these tests and oh, all um, the tests. They ran all these tests and they took X-rays of my lungs and other things to make sure it's not like pneumonia because mm-hmm. I had RSV and then COVID back to back. Right. So they wanted to make sure. I, did they also my lungs tap were on your knee with a tiny hammer? Up. They didn't. <laughs> then, then oh, how do we know? <laughs> yeah, their testing is no legitimacy. Back, and I'd be like, you missed a spot on my knee. <laughs> I probably, probably it has nothing to do with inside recess for the last month. I know. The stress probably, from that. It's probably not the stress. And then my... It's entirely my psychological. My fiance like, where do you want the wedding? And this is going to cost all the money you have. And I'm like, ah! Three forks is so much more expensive, but I really feel like it's worth it. And I'm like, this is fine. That's why the fork is such a great option. I know. Just I'm like, everyone brings their own food. And <laughs> coloring. fine. I mean, I should be fine. I don't know. That's okay. just one I mean, thing. You better new. be. I don't have an option. I have That's to be true. fine. <laughs> That's true. But they sent me home, and I'm here just, like, chilling, so. Occasionally hurting in the chest and <gasps> arm. Yeah, only when I think about stressful things. Oh. I mean, not really. No, oh, okay, because I was like, maybe, maybe it <laughs> no, is actually. <laughs> no. No? No, I don't. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I have to go to my GP probably next week and be like, hey, this is not normal. So uh, check out my guts. <laughs> what's going on. With a tiny hammer. <laughs> yeah. Please, God, tap I on my know. knee. Well, anyway, I'll keep you updated on anything. But um, so Katie is doing our recap. I'm glad I could just watch this, you know, without having to go along for the ride. Yeah, I could just I was just on the ride. So, yeah, um, yeah, take it away. Okay, well, I, you know, I should stay to start out with that neither Meredith nor I had ever seen this. Right. I thought I had in mm-hmm. college, and then I realized I was a liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, we already knew that. <laughs> I was like, oh. Um, but it was yeah. one, along with Hereditary, one of our suggestions or requests from Carlos, mm-hmm. our our. Uh, number one fan in Texas. Yes. Um, yeah. And then when uh, Tony came along and also mentioned like, hey, you guys should do American Werewolf in London. We're like, okay, well, that's a twofer. So let's yeah, put it so on there, even everyone... though we'd never seen it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's it's a little bit of a different experience to be watching it for the first time while also trying to write a synopsis. Um, but I, I don't know. I tried to keep it succinct for me. So, excuse me. <clears throat> Uh, so it opens on sing- scenes of the English countryside and the song Blue Moon, which is, you know, it's fairly peppy, you know, it sets in an upbeat scene. Um, and the first thing that appears is a farmer with a truckload of sheep uh, motoring down this desolate road through the moors. And it stops to let off two young backpackers at a crossroad. Our backpackers, Jack and David, are dishing about a girl as they hoof it down the cold, windy track until they arrive in a village called East Proctor. Uh, and they visit a pub called the Slaughtered Lamb. Mm-hmm. whose sign has the image of a wolf's head impaled on a spear. Interesting. Makes me thirsty. <laughs> thirsty for you some know, that ale. that makes me want a pint. <laughs> um, when they step inside, the raucous scene falls silent, and the locals are extremely cagey uh, with the, the newcomers. Um, and Jack notes the a well, pentagram. They're like, they're like, Hi. We're American. Like, it's I mean, so there's obvious. Just, yeah, but just, they're so cute and, like, earnest. You know, I feel inside? like American <laughs> backpackers usually have this reputation of just being, like, assholes. And these guys are... I they're mean, just, like, sweet. Yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they're good boys. 
Um, and so, yeah, Jack takes note of a pentagram that's uh, drawn on the wall, and uh, they kind of joke about burning candles to ward off monsters. Um, I did love that they, uh, you know, one of the um, patrons, the locals, uh, tells that joke about the Alamo. Mm-hmm. I actually knew that joke. Oh, really? <laughs> like, I had heard that, like, growing up. I, I have not heard that, but... As a Texan, you had not heard um, that joke? Nope. I know. I failed my whole state. That's fine, though. Yeah. I'm an ex So ex- she Texan. forgot the Alamo. Yeah, she did. She forgot the Alamo. Or yeah. she, you know, um, maybe because it's a, a vaguely racist toward Mexicans, it was something that wasn't part of your uh, sphere. I don't know. I just never heard it, and... Um... I thought it was funny, and the and everyone's laughing in the context, and they're and they're all like, "Ha ha ha!" The Americans are like <laughs> I mean, laughing. This is along. great. This, this is so funny. We're having a good time. <laughs> What's that pentagram for? <laughs> um, but eventually, uh, the boys get spooked by the locals' odd behavior, and they hightail it out of the pub. Um, and as they leave, one man echoes a statement that their truck driver had made earlier, and tells them to stay on the road, keep clear of the moors. Um, and another tells them, beware the moon, lads, um, which is, you know, like, not how cryptic could you at all. Beware the moon. Beware, it's like you have no control. Beware the sun. The, yeah. Okay. I'll, stop. I'll get away <laughs> I'll, from the sun. <laughs> I'll move to the furthest point from the moon. Um, after the boys leave, the locals continue to debate their fate. Um, one keeps repeating, we shouldn't have let them leave. And another makes the comment, should the world know our business then? And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. It's all so mysterious. Good. Um, so now the boys are hiking off in a rainstorm, um, and back in the pub, the patrons note the distant howling of a wolf. Uh, hearing the howl themselves, the boys decide to return to the pub, um, but they worry that they're lost as the growls grow closer. And then suddenly they're beset on by a vicious wolf. Jack is mauled and killed, and the attack on David is just beginning when the locals arrive, firing shotguns. Um, David, who's lying on the ground at this point, wounded, uh, turns and looks to the side and sees a uh, nude man laying on the ground next to him with gunshot wounds. Not the corpse of a, an animal. Uh, no, no. And he's he's like, you know what? I'm, I don't have time for this. And so he, you know, passes out. As one does. As one does. Um, I did think it was interesting that something that I read that they produced the um, sound effects for the wolf by combining like a wolf and an elephant. Yeah, I heard it's like it was like eight different. No, that's a different so. movie. Like that combines that many. This one is just those two. Oh, it was okay. I think so. Yeah, because I was reading about, um, and they were they were talking about a couple of different werewolf movies, um, and I think this one was just supposed to. And w- once you know that and you hear it, it just sounds like an elephant. Like it, <laughs> this is all wolfishness. That scamp. Yeah. That scampy <laughs> elephant in the moors. I mean, that would be hilarious to watch an elephant <laughs> mauling oh. somebody who was like. He's like, drunk. get out of here. <laughs> it's throwing <laughs> That's water on do. them <laughs> when it's drunk. Throw a peanut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, next scene, we are with David in a hospital in London. Um, and we hear the doctor mention that David was attacked by a, quote, escaped lunatic. And you're like, oh, what? Okay. okay. Um, and when David awakes, he meets with uh, Mr. Collins from the U.S. Embassy, who was Frank Oz. I know. Which I'm like, that was just so incredible. It was like I, just a couple minutes of him, and I'm listening to his voice. And I'm like, oh, my God. You're like, Gonzo, Grover? Oh, like my God. I've never seen his face before. I've never seen what he looks like. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that was that was very exciting. Um, and it, it, it's very it's a very funny little, like, it, it serves no purpose. There's absolutely no reason why that character needed to be in that scene. Um, but it, it's a it was a fun little cameo. It was funny, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so uh, Mr. Collins tells David that the police, he's given the police permission to come and question him. So David has been in the hospital for three weeks, which you're like, okay, so the lunar cycle, one week, two weeks, three weeks. Okay. Uh, we're on track. And, um, when he hears mention of the quote unquote lunatic that attacked him, he does mutter that it wasn't, it wasn't a man, that it was a wolf. Um, and then Scotland Yard eventually does come to speak to him. They talk first to the doctor. Um, and in that scene, there was like this little bit of what seemed to me to be very British physical comedy with him, like knocking over those metal emesis basins and then mm-hmm. like making all this noise and, and juggling them all around, trying to get them to stack back in. I was like, oh, that's that's kind of adorable. Like a bunch of oafs. They're like, we're oafs. <laughs> we're, we're, blimey. Blimey. I'm, I'm we can't solve officer. crimes. We're a bunch yeah. of... When I was watching that Butterfingers. scene, yeah, sorry. When I was watching that scene, I was just thinking it was hospital Jenga. Like he was just trying to stack them all. Oh, up. Yeah, because it was like nesting dolls. All those, yeah, kidney dishes. Yeah, and then they had to be like pointed the right way in the right order. And he was just, he was definitely the the bumbling, the bumbling Bobby at that point. Um, so the, when the police interviewed David, he reasserts that it wasn't a man that attacked him. Um, but the police confirm, they say that there were two witnesses and there's autopsy reports that it was a man who was shot and killed attacking him. And so they're like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're out of your mind and we don't believe you. Um, now, at this point, it's when it kind of starts where interjected into the scenes of David in the hospital are these kind of like cutaway moments where the first one, it's just like something or somebody running through the woods mm-hmm. at a very... Um, Twilight, uh, Breaking Dawn. Uh, Are you scared? <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, the scenes kind of get get more detailed and, and uh, more extensive um, as the, as we go back to them. And um, one of the first, you know, just kind of significant ones is it's David running through the woods um, and he's naked. I mean, why not? And um, he is attacking deer and devouring them raw. Mm-hmm. With, with like, you know, blood all over the place and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, th- he, I would say it's like a dream state si- situation yeah. that he's having. Like, I don't know. Something's yeah. like coursing through his blood and I feel changing like it, him. it became evident later that these were like dreams. That, like they obviously like they make it very explicit. That these are dreams that he's having later. Um, but when it first started happening, I wasn't entirely sure what it was that we were seeing. He was escaping and running through the forest I mean, of maybe. London naked. Like every every night, he disappears from the hospital and goes and runs naked through the woods and eats a deer. <laughs> As you do. As one does. It's part of his treatment. Um, so now uh, one of the other significant characters is Nurse Price. Her first name is Alex. Um, and uh, we get a really coy scene between the two of them where she's like hand feeding him the hospital food because he says he's not hungry. And she's like, oh, but what if I put it on this fork? And you know, here comes the <laughs> here airplane. <laughs> Open up. Oh, sitting on your lap. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely um, violating some sort of HR policy, the way that she's behaving with the patient. That actress is actually, she's in Call of the Midwife. She plays a nun. Oh, and no. I've been watching her in that role for like mm, 10 years. So this was so a So now watching her be like, hey, you know, like feeding him and being all flirty. I'm like, this is very different. <laughs> You're like, I'm uncomfortable. I think she's breaking her vows. Yeah. She's um, married to God, and I don't like this. <laughs> God would not like this at all. Does he know? <laughs> he sees all. Um, so in the next Woods like cutaway dream sequence, uh, David sees himself laying in the hospital bed. Nurse Price arrives, um, and then suddenly David's face transforms into something monstrous with fangs and yellow eyes, and then he, you know, jolts awake. Um, 
And so I think that's at the point where I'm like, oh, okay, these are just dreams that he's having. I'm, I'm putting it together piece by piece with my slow moving intellect. Um, <laughs> so after he wakes up, David um, is talking to the doctor about the dreams. He continues to argue that it was an animal and not a man that attacked him and Jack. Um, his next dream is the most bizarre with these ogre faced mercenaries with automatic weapons attacking him and his family, burning their house and slashing his throat, which then doubles over into like a second nightmare, like a dream within a dream where a similar ogre comes out of nowhere and stabs Nurse Price to death in his hospital room. Mm -hmm. So that felt like a big leap from like the the woods and the like oh he's a werewolf and everything and then when when I first saw those like ogre nazi machine gun guys I was like how did we get here I maybe those are just uh you know everyone has their weird dreams that they have all the time maybe it's like that I, yeah. I have no idea or maybe they just thought it looked cool I yeah. would probably say the latter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were like, you know, rifling through the, the costume rooms at the studio and they were like, hey, look at these rubber masks. Let's figure out a way to use these. Well, they looked cool and they looked gross. Yeah, well, and it was, it was an amazing scene. It just, mm -hmm. it seemed very um, unexpected in that moment. Totally. Well, for, for me, being an old school video game person, those of you who remember uh, Wolfenstein 3D, it was kind of like a Doom first person shooter. These guys were right out of that. You had the Nazi outfits, you had the helmets, you had the submachine guns. Did they have the, like, messed up zombie faces? Not all of them, but it really depends. Um, you know, if you think of more of Doom, it was these, you know, evil creatures that would come out. And it wasn't, it was gory, but it was, like, 8-bit gory. So <laughs> you just have blocks of blood flying everywhere. Just it, The whole scene reminded me of that, especially when they... Uh, when he woke up, supposedly, and then the uh, the other guy came out, mm -hmm. it was just straight out of that game. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the other element is that in that dream, um, his because he has younger siblings, and they're watching an episode of The Muppets Show on TV mm -hmm. in their living room. And so that was like Frank Oz is credited in two roles in this movie because Miss Piggy is in that, that scene. And evidently, that was... Um, Either just that scene or the entire episode of The Muppet Show was one that never aired in America. It only aired in England. And oh, so American with Punch audience, and Judy? Yeah. And I mean, it kind of makes sense. I mean, Punch and Judy isn't an American thing. Right. Um, but so it seemed like a, um, like a made-up Muppet Show episode for the movie to Americans because it was never here. It's an interesting little fact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... Next, we're, we're leveling up, and David starts having uh, waking visions of the mangled Jack. And so, um, you know, Jack, he, when he first appeared, you know, his throat is slashed. You've got some really good makeup. Um, not to steal anybody's trivia for later, but the inaugural Oscar for Best Makeup was in mm -hmm. 1981, and this, this film won it. Um, and so I feel like seeing Jack in this scene, the first time we see him undead um, is the first time we start to see some like really good makeup effects uh, in the movie. So Jack tells David that they were attacked by a werewolf. He calls it a lycanthrope, which mm -hmm. is not. I've heard lichen. I've never heard lycanthrope before this movie. I've heard both, but I can't remember where. And I don't so, understand what, what the difference is if lichen is just short. I short think it's a short, maybe an abbreviated term, but yeah. I don't know. But now, basically, Jack's soul is stuck in limbo until the curse of the werewolf is lifted. The wolf's bloodline must be severed. The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. And that's David. So Jack urges David to kill himself to end the curse and also before he kills more people. 
um, Nurse Price arrives in the hospital room and David tells her, hey, I'm a werewolf and I will change when the full moon arrives in two days. And she responds by taking him back to stay at her flat. And she's like, you silly goose. (laughs) You know what? You're cute. You're silly goose. (laughs) Um... So back let's, at her flat. Let's lips. <laughs> oh my god. She is very direct. She informs him of her <laughs> number of lovers and then asks if he'd like to watch the telly while she showers. It's weird behavior <laughs> from a nun. From a I nun. I was not liking this. Yeah. Um, it was the 80s. It was the 80s. It was early 80s. It was a different time. It was a different time. Yeah. Um, granted, granted, I was six at the time. I wouldn't know about it. Anyways, but it was a different But that's time. what you heard. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what they were talking about in the first grade playground. <laughs> um, but rather than watching telly while she showers, we get this shower sex scene set to Van Morrison's Moon Dance. Which, Which it was like 30 minutes, it felt like. It was the long, and it was, I don't know if it would have been a sexy sex scene to begin with, but with that song choice, there it didn't have a chance. I was laughing too hard. I was like, my, uh, what, my what's happening? like, oh. yeah. And I found out later that the, it was intentional that every song included in the film had the word moon in the title. So yeah. there's blue moon, we get bad moon rising at one point, moon down, and I'm like, I'm not saying that there's a better song out there for a sex scene with moon in the title but then maybe that's the moment where you abandon this whole moon project and give it an appropriate soundtrack <laughs> they're like no we've stuck to this theme <laughs> we're committed it's really stupid but we don't we've, quit. we've committed to this <laughs> yeah, i was uh watching one of the dv i guess dvd extras is on youtube and john landis really stuck to his guns when it came to this type of stuff yeah. where it was you know going back to old school films you know really sticking to that theme so it's it's, it's no mystery that he he kept up with that yeah yeah well i mean there's like little things like things that directors do where they're like oh, i always have to do this in a movie like tarantino always has to have feet for some reason <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there and then um um Raimi, Sam Raimi always has his yellow weird car always in oh, his yeah. Yeah, yeah. movies. And then um, that guy, John Land- I mean, Landis is fun. I've watched a lot of like his him talking about the movies that he makes. But, you know, you can always let things go if it's if it's kind of I mean, I guess doesn't seem to work. But maybe he thought it was like cutting edge and new at the time. Or maybe he was going for a little bit of levity. You know, like he didn't want to make it too erotic. He wanted to make it funny. I mean, Bad Moon Rising would have been also an interesting <laughs> choice for that scene, but he used it later. Well, um, there you go. Yeah. So anyway. I told my kids to close their eyes. Yeah. And they were like, this song is amazing. What's <laughs> happening? Because there's like boobs. And they're like, can I open them yet? I was like, no. no, no. And it was like, they're like, yet? Now? And I was like, no. Because it was like 10 minutes. It was really long. And <laughs> yeah. evidently it had to be edited down. To get the um, the R rating, they had he had to sanitize that sex scene a little bit and make it less graphic. Gotcha. Which well, I think is interesting that you know later we'll get to a scene that takes place in a porno theater, and this I is know. the scene that needed to be pared down. I yeah, I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, so postcoital, um, David's in the bathroom, and all of a sudden Jack reappears for another chat. Um, Jack warns that tomorrow night is the full moon. Time's almost up. David needs to kill himself before it's too late. And he looks more gross, too. Yeah, every time yeah. Jack reappears, he's more um, decayed, which makes sense. Yeah, and As limbo. time passes after your death, you Zombie limbo. start to become a little more falling apart. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
David goes back to Alex um, and bounces ideas off of her. And I thought it was interesting. Um, it, it ended up not making sense super much in the, in the um, context of this movie. But he, in his conversation with Alex, he mentions the Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman movie, the original um, from 1941, um, and says that in that movie, um, it seems that it makes him think that only someone who loves a werewolf can kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that kind of it seemed like it was foreshadowing something that didn't really bear out in my opinion, but we'll get there. Mm, gotcha. Okay. Um, so now the doctor, um, uh, David's doctor, goes to visit East Proctor himself. He's starting to have like some concerns or some suspicions about this. He's mentioned a couple of times that um, David, when he arrived at the hospital in London, all of his wounds had already been cleaned and dressed. Um, but there was no, he didn't get any communication from any doctor that had treated him previous to his um, arrival at the London hospital. So we thought that that was kind of weird. And then with all the police reports and them disagreeing with David and not listening to David, he's getting suspicious. So he goes to visit East Proctor. He goes to the Slaughtered Lamb pub, um, ruffles some feathers among the folks there with his questions and his poking and prodding. Um, and <laughs> I'll have a compulsory soda. <laughs> and they're like, get the fuck out of here. I love that barmaid. She's like, we don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have anything. We don't have that. <laughs> so you order a Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. <laughs> um, so when the doctor leaves the pub, there's one uh, particularly uh, brave local, our dart thrower, um, sidle, like gets his attention outside, sidles up and shares that um, David is in danger. And he says that he should never have been allowed to leave the town of East Proctor. Yeah. Um, we're back in London now. Nurse Alex is leaving for work, um, leaves David behind in her flat, and he's all kerfuffled for the day, which is, is what I put, but he's just kind of like What am I fancy. all day long just yeah. to walk around? And- yeah, like a, a kid home from school with nothing to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's upsetting dogs and cats alike. Uh, he, the soundtrack to this scene is Creedence Clearwater Revival, Bad Moon Rising, yeah. which gives it, you know, it makes it kind of entertaining. Um, and he seems to be like sensing the approach of the full moon on some level. And before the evening ends, we're treated to his full transformation into a werewolf, which starts with him stripping nude, which is great because then you don't shred your clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's this is like where the FX really goes kind of next level um, with him transforming into the lichen, which is something I'm sure we'll get back to later. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. So it's nighttime. Um, We have a giggly couple returning. I don't know if they're returning from a date or or they're heading to a dinner party. I I wasn't really sure. They're going to a dinner party because they're like like setting up the Is that why that guy wandered out like looking for them? Okay, so they're heading to a dinner party. Because they said, oh, let's go hide and scare them going off to the side of the building Uh because that's what you do. Yeah, and they learned their lesson (laughs) (laughs) because they are viciously attacked by a beast. Um. Meanwhile, the doctor has returned from East Proctor to the hospital, um, finds Nurse Price, asks her about David. She's like, you know, that whole, like, pulling her collar, like, yeah, he's at my flat. Have you seen him? <laughs> well, I have we've seen, seen him. I've seen a lot of him. 14 hours straight, <laughs> but it got cut down to 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, basically, the doctor, again, he's, his suspicions are starting to be confirmed. Um, he's concerned that the, some sort of transformation might occur. It seems like he's he's not, he maybe is reserving judgment about whether or not werewolves are actually real or if this is just a guy in psychosis. Um, but he definitely wants to locate and secure David um, at that point. And um, so they call Alex's flat because she says that that's where he is and he doesn't pick up, obviously, because he's out mauling people. 
Um, so when he doesn't answer the phone, the doctor shares all of his suspicions with Alex about the attack, the wounds that he experienced, the investigation, everything that just seemed shady. Um, and they, as they're deciding on a course of action, um, David's attacks are continuing. Like we're kind of cutting back and forth between these two settings. Um, some dear old bums by the river that are just around their barrel trash fire. Just living their lives. Living next their to bum the lives. And with the tower bridge in the background, beautiful setting. Yeah. And that was it. That was that was the their elephant last got night. them. And the, <laughs> the elephant got them. slapped him in the mouth with a bunch with of a, peanuts. With peanuts. <laughs> um, the next attack is this uh, dramatic scene in a tube station where somehow in London in the tube station like there's just one guy there. Only one guy. I thought it was fun, though. I like it was fun, and the, you know the shots and angles that they did of him running down the different corridors, like anybody that's been in a European underground, even mm-hmm. if it's not specifically the tube, like it's it's a little claustrophobic. Definitely. It's it's very rat mazy. Um, yeah. So it it was well done. That scene. I thought I kept thinking it was funny when these British people were being attacked. They're like, I dare say. <laughs> this is not funny. I protest. <laughs> I shall report you. Post. <laughs> Henceforth. And then they're like, ah. <laughs> like, attacked. Because he's an American. He doesn't know any better. Yeah. Right. He has no, no manners He's whatsoever. like, rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> it's tea time. I don't have a tax at tea time. <laughs> um. So then after um, that attack, we now have a quick cut to all of these different zoo animals in cages. And suddenly David is waking up nude, of course, in the wolf den. Yeah, he went to go hang out with his pals. Right. (laughs) Which evidently, when I was reading, like, they were, like, you know, not really, I mean, they were kind of trained wolves, but not super trained wolves when they were filming that scene. They're like, we're pretty sure they're not going to bother you. But if if they do, we're right here. We're, We're right here behind the camera. And so I'm like, this guy, like, you feel so vulnerable when you're naked to begin with. And they're like, get in this cage with these wolves that are like, kind of tame, maybe, but not super. And then, um, so knowing that, like, watching him like, climb out of the wolf cage, you're like, oh, he was really motivated. He's like, I'm just going to scamper on up here. <laughs> and for the record, I'm just tired of seeing this guy's butt. I'm gl- yeah. I mean, I was just done with it at this point. Okay, we get it. Yeah, I feel like I saw something like 50% of the minute, his minutes on film in this were naked. Hmm. He was committed. He was. <laughs> committed after. Yeah, he's a pepper. Yeah. Um, so, oh wait, where am I in my notes? Okay, so yeah, he's he's escaping the, the wolf den at the zoo, um, but now, of course, he's naked in the London Zoo, and he's hiding in a bush, and he gets the attention of this kid uh, with balloons, who, I'm sorry, did he look exactly like Prince Harry when he was little? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. He just looked like a blonde kid. He wasn't blonde. He was, he was ginger. Blonde? Was he? Oh. Yeah. See, well, like But he had a little notice. cap on and his little short pants. But I feel like the, the casting director was definitely going for like a Prince Harry lookalike. Oh. Um, who then, you know, goes up to his mom and says, a naked American man stole my balloons. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, so with the help of the balloons and a coat that he steals from some lady on a bench, um, David makes it back to Alex's flat. And he shares with her that he has no memory of what happened the previous night, but he's, like, kind of juiced. Like, he's in a really good mood. Like, he's he's mm-hmm. amped up. Um, he's, like, smacking your butt. He's, like, yeah. let's, let's, he's all flirty. Let's do a quickie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then the doctor calls um, Alex uh, when she says that he's when, that David's there. Doctor insists that she bring him immediately to the hospital. Um, and they get in a cab, but then the cab driver, who is Alan Ford from Snatch, 
Like, I'm sorry. I love that guy. I love him, too. I did not know that. Yeah. I guess I didn't notice. Yeah, well, I mean, he's... Okay. he's he, I, mean, I wouldn't say super young. He probably never looked young. He always um, seems like he looks 50 all the time. Right? And you only see, like, you know, you see him from behind. Hey, I'm offended. <laughs> You're not 50 yet. Almost. Yeah, yeah. You could just, like, walk on out here with the Yeah, you can, you can join us walk still back. laughing at 50-year-olds for two more years. <laughs> oh, yeah, for two more years, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you only, you see him from behind, obviously, cause he's driving the cab and he does turn and look over his shoulder while he's um, talking to them. But I was like, but his voice is so it's recognizable. It's so distinctive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I just didn't notice. Yeah. So he, he's our cab driver and he's the one that tells them the news of all of these murders that took place the previous night that six people were killed and mauled like on different places all around London. Ugh. Um, and then, you know, hearing that news, like, clicks for both of them, for Alex and David, immediately. Yeah. Something's um, wrong. Yeah, so David bolts from the car, tries to turn himself in, knowing he's responsible. He finds a cop. and I, is love, like, I love how he tries to. <laughs> yeah, the Bob, Bobby is not going for it. Um, <laughs> is just like, you know, you're here, chap. Like, behave yourself. <laughs> he's like, like, the queen to twat. <laughs> like, I don't know, he's, like, yelling. No, he's a, um, he, yeah, because he says that... Prince. Um, Prince Charles is gay. Well, yeah, that's not the word he uses, but, yeah, but um, that's one of the things I'm not that he yells. That word, so. Yeah, he says Winston Churchill was full of shit. Um, he also <laughs> says Shakespeare is French. <laughs> and they're like, "That's the last straw." <laughs> you, you go to Prince Prison. Yeah. Life, 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 prison for life. <laughs> um, so he's, he's screaming all of these things, trying to get arrested. It doesn't work. Um, he confesses to Alex that he loves her, and then runs from her and disappears. Um, so now Alex and Dr. Hirsch, she goes on to the hospital, tells Dr. Hirsch what happened. Um, Scotland Yard is there. Um, and, uh, while they're kind of like debating the situation and what they need to do, we see David in a phone booth. He's calling back home to the U S he talks to his sister. Um, and then after that conversation, he's considering cutting his wrists, although mm -hmm. it clearly looks like the small blade from a Swiss army knife and he's doing it in the wrong direction. So I'm glad he didn't go for it because it would not have been successful. Um, but anyway, so he changes his mind, doesn't cut his wrists and instead goes to a dirty movie. As you do. As one in, does. In Piccadilly Circuit. <laughs> yeah. like, time to go. Let's Which see. Cut myself to save all humanity, or or see you next Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I I saw that when um, Landis originally like I don't know if it came up with the concept or wrote the script or whatever it was supposed to be a cartoon that he was going to see. Oh, really? But by the time they were filming the movie, all of the theaters in that area were porno theaters. Like there was nothing left that was just like a cartoon theater. So it's like okay, I guess we're going this way. Titties, titties, <laughs> get those titties Again, in there. the eighties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Um, so in the theater, of course, he meets dead Jack again, who is even more decrepit and decaying at this point, like looking She's basically really, really teeth rough. and eyeballs. Teeth, yeah, it looks a little <laughs> bit like, um, Two-Face from, uh... Batman. Batman. Mm -hmm. Um, the half of him that is burned. Um, yeah, it's just like an eyeball and teeth and then just blackness, like rotting blackness. Um... And uh, Jack starts introducing David to his victims from the night before, all of them, like the, the couple and then the three bums and then the guy from the tube station. And mm -hmm. they're all reinforcing that David must die before yeah. uh, so that they can all be released from limbo before he kills anybody else. And they're all debating options uh, for David's suicide, which was absolutely hilarious. They're all just like <laughs> chiming in. What, it, what I loved was the fact that they were 
brutally murdered and mauled to death, yet they have that British stiff upper lip. They They're were very more, chipper. They were more put out than anything else about <laughs> being dead. It's inconvenient. No, I had tea this afternoon. Yeah. I had a, you know, a off the golf, day. but you mauled me instead. Yeah. Well, like, the tube guy's the only one that actually seems angry. The date couple are, like, giddy. And the three bums are just kind of like, well, you know, whatever. We were... They're like, blow your head off with a shotgun. Put it in your mouth. You'll be sure not to miss. And they're like, what about drowning? <laughs> and they're just coming up with all these great suggestions. Yeah, the only guy with the businessman, he's like, I was pish posh. I was very upset. I was going to report <laughs> like, you to the left my wife a widow. I know. She's going to be on the dole. Um, <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> So, but um, shortly the other apparitions vacate, and then David retransforms back into the lichen. Um, he ends up slaying multiple theater employees. Well, maybe it was just like one theater employee, and then the first cop that went in. I, I don't really remember. Um, but then we end up uh, one of the. This is the point where I noticed it in the exterior shot of the theater that it said "See you next Wednesday" <laughs> on the marquee, which. Um, I initially, I did, I wasn't aware that that was a Landis thing and I thought it was a play on the see you next Tuesday thing. It might be on some, in some ways, right? If he like came up You're with it. You're looking at me? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure that his use of see you next Wednesday and all of his films, like probably predates our usage of the phrase see you next Tuesday. I have no idea. Any scholars of dirty words? <laughs> scholars of dirty words, please, please let us know. In Oxford English Dictionary, of course. <laughs> little little uh, magnifying glass. Yeah, they added it in 1981. Um, so uh, one of the the cops that goes into the theater and encounters the lichen and you know isn't killed, like bursts out and tries to barricade um, David inside the theater it's with like, like the, the metal like door grate. You know he pulls down and he's trying to hold it and he's yelling at everybody to get away. Um, after more police arrive, um, finally the werewolf bursts through the barrier and he rips the head off the lead detective, which I loved because that guy was a dick. Yeah, he was dumb. And um, <laughs> his head just flew off, and it I was mad right about off. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, no. like the goldfish cracker, just right Popped across. Right, uh-huh. Yeah, right across Popped the up room. Like a great yeah, it was very, very enjoyable. Um, and then, okay, so now Alex and Doctor Hirsch, who are still at the hospital, Doctor Hirsch, I don't know how he gets or if he's listening to his CB radio or whatever, but he finds out there's a disturbance at Piccadilly Circus with some beast. And they're like, oh, it's David, so they rush off, and. Um, so now there's an army of police at Piccadilly Circus poised to take down the monster. Alex, you know, is really, I mean, she does, she loves David. David loves her. She really wants to help him, to save him. Um, she forges into the alley where he, because he's run down this alley, and they're like, it's a dead end! So they know he can't get out. Yeah. Um, so she goes in after him, and she's trying to, just, like, talk this wolf down. Like, you know, David, it's me. I love you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as soon as, like, she says that, and his snarl, like, kind of starts to die down, and you're like, oh, she's getting through with him. Like, is he going to re transform back into a human through the power of love but then he lunges at her and they shoot him from behind her so i don't know how they shot him without shooting through her this long narrow uh, yeah, su- suspension of disbelief the mm-hmm. british are very efficient in that way yeah just found a way they, they curved the bullet just like angelina yeah. jolie um but yeah so you know they they gun him down before he can attack alex and then it cuts to you know when they when they die obviously they turn back into their human form and they lay there naked with riddled with bullet holes and that's the closing image of the scene is david laying nude in the alley more more nudity (laughs) nude once more or still um 
and dead. And then um, it cuts very sharply back to the Blue Moon song <laughs> over yeah. the closing credits. Yeah, that's it. That's it. There is yeah. There is one other thing. If you go to the end of the closing credits, and it's hilarious. There's an actual. Um, Oh, what's the word? It's a dedication to um, Diana and Charles on their wedding day. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> At Sorry. the time, I'm sure it was it was very sweet. Sorry, um, royal yeah. lovers. But it was supposed Aww. to be, you know, the, like kind of conciliatory because they made that comment about Prince Charles when David's trying to get arrested. Yeah. And they were like, didn't want to, you know, they want to be like, just kidding. I mean, that was just for the movie. That's not an editorialism. Yeah. Please don't arrest us. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Yeah. Very good recap. Thank you, Very good. Meredith. Thorough. Did you think this was scary? No. <gasps> I know, you're shocked. I'm shocked. I thought it was really fun, for sure, and funny. I think, I, I think it was supposed to be a horror comedy. Yeah. Basically, you know, I think that was the intent with which it was made, and, um, I thought it was fun, like they're as the banter, the college guys as they're yeah. like backpacking around. I like those ridiculous puffy coats that yeah, they're wearing, yeah. and evidently um, the actors kept those. Like, oh, that I would totally keep those too. <laughs> I, but like then you can I, just get them at Old Navy; it's not that hard. Well, yeah, or a Uniqlo. <laughs> Uniqlo's yeah. all about those right. puffy jackets. Um, so I thought that was really funny, and I love the relationship between the two guys, the two college guys. Yeah, and um, I thought you know like the them being in a strange foreign place and then not even really being warned. They're like, get out! They're like, okay, let's get out of here! And um, I feel like I really enjoyed the uh, transformation and mm. that was amazing. And in 81, there was, I mean, there are some, like, advancements when it comes to, like, you know, special effects and stuff. And I know Savini was doing all these things with, like, um, Walking Dead, you know, like the uh, Dawn of the Dead type stuff. But, you know, it was sort of like, um, you know, fledgling kind of happening. And so I like to see, like, how it has changed over the years mm -hmm. with, like, actual gags, as they call it. Yeah. And um, just the process of how long it took to make those, those that transformation happen, yeah. is yeah. insane and, and really fun. And I watched earlier today on YouTube just a video. It was, like, not, no one was talking, but it had, like, little tidbits of, like, what happened. But, like... The process of like um, getting his, you know, his arms molded and, mm -hmm. and all this stuff and how like just such a task it was back in 81 compared to like now. Yeah. They're like, it would take like an hour, two hours to do what took like 14 hours back mm -hmm. then. And it yeah. just like goes to show like how dedicated everyone was mm -hmm. and like in it they were um, to make this movie and well, for that initial that magic. Um, the initial transformation um, that's like I think they said it lasted like two full minutes showing yeah. the first time that he transforms into mm -hmm. the werewolf that they like planned it out from the skeletal level like yeah they were comparing the human skeleton with a wolf skeleton and identifying like which areas would need to grow longer which areas would change shape and so like and they isolate in that in that scene like every part of the body like they'll focus in on the changing of like the hands and feet and then the change of the torso and the change of the like the skull and the face and everything and so mm -hmm. it was like yeah definitely dedicated a lot of time and energy to that right right so i loved that so much the only part that i thought was lacking was i mean not at all the piccadilly circus, circus scene that was insane like that <laughs> like all the 
the traffic jam and people's heads flying off more and being like, <laughs> you know, it was crazy. And then, um, and then it just ended. So it felt like me wanting more. And you wanted like, closure. Well, it just it was like he's dead. The yeah, end. It was bop, abrupt. Bop, 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 like I'm like really <laughs> like that's it. Well, I think that that's what gives it kind of like a comedic feel. I think um, so, yeah. Which one so. of the comments that I read was that, you know, they made the argument, like, well, both of the main characters die. Like, how could you consider this a comedy? Like, yeah. the two, like, protagonists well, both it's, die. A lot of it was gallows humor. Like, yeah. Like, so much. Like, yeah. blow your brains out. You know, and we're like, ha, 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 That's a so great funny. idea. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I really I hope we don't have any actual English listeners. No, no, no. They're going to shun us forever. No, actually, we do. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. We, we I'm apologize. I'm from Texas. I can't be held responsible for my pretend English accent because it's, <laughs> it's quite terrible. Um, I'd recommend this movie to anyone who's wanting to watch a, a, like a werewolf movie and yeah. likes something that's funny, too. Yeah. And and it's, I mean, it's a cult yeah. classic. It's earned that status. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So uh, what about you, Tony? Did you think it was scary? My... 12-year-old self, yes. When I first watched this on HBO, whatever it was back in the day, yeah, it would be the whole eyes over the hands thing. But looking at it this time around, it, it the parts that were gory were fantastically gory. I mean, they, you know, as you said before, they took out all the stops in terms of the werewolf. Apparently with Landis, he wanted to make it one shot. He and Rick Baker, you know, kind of not exactly argued about it, but they had differences about it. And then finally decided to make it as close to one shot as possible. For the transformation? For the transformation scene, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you you talk about that gallows humor uh, in one of the DVD extras or specials or whatever. Landis makes it a point to say, no, this is not supposed to be a comedy. Mm -hmm. And he was very adamant about it. But at the same time, um, he continued to say... Well, we were trying to do this and we were trying to do that. So it seems like it was creeping into his mind that, okay, well, here's what we tried and it turned out to look comedic anyway. Um, Yeah, this would be another movie that you would definitely sit down on a rainy day like we've had in California forever and just sit down (laughs) and enjoy and really watch it. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. And um, I mean, even there, I, I don't think it takes it away, away from the movie that it was so funny. You know, no. like, it doesn't yeah. make it, like, oh, well, this is a waste of time. Because there's so many horror movies that are just so fucking funny, too. Yeah, and we talk and about that amazing. using the comedy as a tension breaker, how that makes the scary stuff scarier. Exactly, yeah. So, um, Katie, what did mm-hmm. you think? Did you think it was scary? Um, no, I didn't think it was scary. Um, I did not expect to like it as much as I did. I think that, uh, and I, I didn't know anything about it. I had no um, context for it whatsoever. And um, werewolves is not something that, I mean, even though I'm Team Jacob, uh, is not like a big thing for me anyway. Um, but it is, it's uh, charming. Like it, it really kind of like appeals to you. Whereas as it, as it goes along, it just becomes more and more enjoyable the mm-hmm. further into the movie that it goes. And then yeah. the, the contrasting elements of the scenes that are kind of... Um, ridiculous and laughable and the scenes that are actually pretty grotesque and horrifying um and then like you were saying the the banter between the boys like you you know it's like kind of heartwarming yeah um and their relationship even when they're like terrified and they're running and they're like let's go we're gonna run and he's like where are we going he's like well i'll tell you when we get there (laughs) yeah (laughs) like running they're so sweet (laughs) and then i guess that was the direction that um 
the character of Jack got uh, for after, like, once he was dead, when he was coming back as his undead self, um, that he was just supposed to be perpetually positive. Like, he wasn't supposed to be, like, dour or um, scary or sad or angry or anything like that. Like, he was supposed to be, like, kind of like, hey, buddy. Like, the first time that he appears... <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, in, in David's um, hospital room. His and next, he's, like, like, eating his breakfast. Yeah. Like, he grabs, like, a toast point and is, like, dipping it in Can the egg yolk. He's like, I'm hungry. Um, he's like, I'm lonely. Like, you know, spirits are so boring. Like, yeah, this right. is awful. Um, and so the the levity in, in, in that kind of... Um, element of those characters and everything like it just there's there's so many different feelings that you get from scene to scene that I think it makes the whole thing more enjoyable it's not it never lets you kind of rest and be like okay this is this is the kind of movie this is this is what's happening right yeah so yeah I didn't think that it was scary but I thought it was really really enjoyable and I think that so I watched it I guess twice this weekend um, I think that it's one that you can go back to and watch like repeatedly and still like enjoy it as much every time, mm-hmm. which you can't say about every scary movie. That's definitely true. I had a little bit of a feeling um, when when his best friend comes back. It's Jack, right? Yeah. Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I kept thinking of like uh, Pet Cemetery a little bit. Oh yeah. When that guy keeps coming back and yeah, and he's basically like. I mean, he's very, very creepy and scary, and then you realize, like, he's serving a different purpose, not to horrify, even though he sort of does. Pascal? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, And then you're like, oh, well, he's... He's a harbinger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. um, Anyway, I just sort of was like, ooh, but he seems way more cool, Jack does. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. that other guy. Except that he keeps getting more and more rotted, which is... Uh, upsetting right that part's not fun <laughs> one point i do need to bring up going back to the the parts of him decaying oh yeah that flapping little piece of flesh <laughs> on his, at neck. his neck i mean you were talking about levity and everything else but i mean yes he's horrific looking yes he's a fresh kill can you just put like a piece of tape on that or something <laughs> it's a bit distracting yeah well evidently it was like really like he tried to prepare his mom like quite a bit to see this movie and she was just so disturbed by it like and then after whatever screening it was that his mom saw it the first time and afterward there were like people were asking her what she thought about it mm-hmm. and she was like couldn't even talk like she like, was so rattled <laughs> i'm disgusted <laughs> yeah are you talking about griffin dunn's mom um is griffin dunn the one that plays jack yes Tell me yeah. more about griffin dunn meredith oh okay well this is sort of sad but like he does have a link to another movie that we've talked about on this podcast. <gasps> he does? Okay. Um, <laughs> no, his sister. Actually, I don't know if she's older than him or younger than him. I, I think. Yeah, it seemed really like sure. they would be really close in age. Yeah, so Dominique Dunn was in Poltergeist and played the sister. Um, that came out in 82, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, if my dates are correct, I could be wrong about this, but I think that Unfortunately, it was very tragic how Dominique Dunn was killed by her boyfriend. She was strangled and then left. And then she died like five days later in the hospital. And then since then, there's like this whole thing about Poltergeist is a movie that's cursed because the girl who played Carol Ann died very tragically as well. And And a bunch um, of other people just died, as people do. You know, for being older or or having cancer or whatever. whatever. Um, so then I saw him, the actor, 
and I was like, oh, he 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 looks kind of familiar. And I'm like, Dunn, Dunn, I know that name. So uh-huh. I Googled him and then saw that they were related. And so Domin- um, Dominique Dunn's brother is Griffin Dunn, who plays Jack in yeah. this movie. But I think the movie, this one came out before she was killed. Yeah, because she um, she was killed the year Poltergeist came out. So she was killed in 82. Yeah. So it was the following year yeah. that, that she died. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't really even realize um you know, like they say, Nepo, Nepo baby. Right, yeah, they're a Hollywood thing, family. Right? They are, and their family has been in Hollywood for, for ages. And I didn't realize that um, Griffin Dunn is, he's in that show, This Is Us. He, oh, was, really? He's in a huge part in it. I've never seen it. I, it's one of my guilty pleasures, even though most normal people watch it. And most it's normal people wouldn't consider it guilty. It's just because of your personality. You're like, I'm so embarrassed that I watch it. I know. I'm like, ugh. I'm like, people, don't tell anyone. I'm like, this is making me feel things. Ugh. But he's in it. Um, but anyway, I thought that was an interesting tidbit. So it makes me even kind of more upset hearing about his mom, like being horrified about that yeah. movie. And, um, being so upset by the makeup and special yeah. effects and then the loss of I'm her glad it was before father. and not yeah. something that she had to endure after losing her daughter. Right, yeah. So I thought that was sort of interesting, um, like a little horror connection. Yeah, with, uh, I had no idea. I like I, you know, obviously read his name um, in in the process of like looking at trivia and stuff like that, but he didn't look familiar to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, although now that you say that and I picture their faces, I was like, oh yeah, okay, maybe it's the nose. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but, like the um, dark eyes, the brown hair, and yeah, I don't know. Short, so. I don't know. He's <laughs> like short. <laughs> uh, so another thing I thought was kind of interesting was that um, they, the maker of the movie and um, the special effects, he, they were ha- hired by Michael Jackson to do a thriller. Thriller, which yeah, is, after, because Michael Jackson happy. saw this and he was like, that's what I want. Yeah, but yeah. then he suddenly had, like, well, I think after a change of heart a little bit, Michael Jackson, and, he, and that's why they have, like, that little title card that's, like, there's no connection with the occults or whatever. Like, Oh, it, yeah. Yeah, because he's, like, I don't like that. This is so, like, creepy and gross. And, um, okay. I'm, like, okay, whatever. So that's why that exists. Yeah. That uh, little blurb about Do it or don't do it, Michael. Occult, <laughs> really. <laughs> Imagine how sad that would be if Thriller didn't exist. What would even have happened in our world? I mean, America would have definitely collapsed by now. Yeah. <laughs> we would have nothing. Cats and dogs living together. <laughs> living together. That's hysteria. <laughs> so that's the only little tidbit that I had to share. Yeah. One's kind of a bummer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I um, I have you know the the whole sequels and originals and and related movies um that I explored a little bit for this um. Mostly because I, I, and I said this before we started recording, that this is probably the first and last and only time we'll ever do something about werewolves. Um, Not unless a really good werewolf movie comes out. I don't see that happening. I don't either. <laughs> um, so I did uh, go back and watch the 1941 um, Claude Rains, Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman movie. Um, just part of the Universal Monsters um, kind of uh, canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the one that David actually mentions when he's talking to Alex about this idea that um, only someone who loves a werewolf can kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, because, spoiler alert, I mean, this movie's like 80 years old now, so I think it's okay. But um, in The Wolfman, um, Claude Rains, uh, who plays um, Lon Chaney Jr.'s father, which, side note, he's 16 years older than Lon Chaney Jr., and they cast him as his father. And it's like their physicality. I mean, just I, 
I got really stuck on that for a while. Different times, Katie. Claude Rains, <laughs> and there. Claude Rains, what? It's the 80s. Wait, that doesn't work <laughs> yeah, no, it's no the, earlier than that. Yeah. No, and, and he's Twas just... the 40s. Claude Rains Twas. is like... Twas the 40s. Small and, and petite, and, and he's got that, that uh, you know, manner of speaking. And then Lon Chaney Jr. was like this big, hulking dude that was like... 12 inches taller than Claude Rains with a completely different build and this very like American way of speaking just like very wholesome all American and I was like completely incongruous I did not I, it was really just you know like oh we need it's like they do now sometimes we're like we need big names we don't yeah. care if they match a character if they mesh well together we just want we want names that will make people come see this movie and so I feel like they're like we got Claude Rains for this role and someone else was like great I got Lon Chaney Jr. for this role and they were like yeah it's fine <laughs> <laughs> this will work yeah but ultimately the dad is the one that kills him when he's mm -hmm. in wolf form now he doesn't realize that the wolf is his son when he kills him right yeah um but that's the reference that David makes. Um, so I was like trying to look for the parallel with, you know, David tells Alex that he loves her, like when, you know, after he fails to get arrested and he disappears. And then Alex tells him that she loves him at the very end when he's in wolf form. But then she's not the one that kills him. No. Like the cops shoot him. Mm -hmm. So. But he, even then, um, when Wendis was talking about this and that whatever it is, DVD, whatever, he made it a point to say that you referenced that film directly. Yeah. In in terms of how we structured everything, how we built everything, you know, so talking about that, the love connection, um, <laughs> you know, it, he, I would imagine that's what he based that on. Mm -hmm. And that's you know, just kind of like the music, he just kind of rolled with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like this is what but we're But didn't doing. Jack, like, didn't... Um... David was like, oh, you know, you don't need a silver bullet. Does it have to be someone I love that loves me or whatever? And Jack's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, But he didn't say it that way. He just thought it was really um, stupid. He's like, grow up. Yeah. Basically, you just have to be shot. Yeah. Well, no, and they do that sometimes with um, the old stereotypes. I feel like they've done that with vampire stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Where they're like, oh, what about... Oh, it's an interview with the vampire. When Christian Slater is first interviewing him in the beginning, and he was like, what about crucifixes? And Brad Pitt's like, actually, I'm quite fond of looking at crucifixes. He's like, it does bother me in the least. <laughs> yeah, and so that maybe that's like a modern thing where, um, you know, they're trying to like all of these old cliches um, of this story that's been around for a long time and people have been doing. Mm -hmm. They want to kind of like chuck most of those to try and give what they're doing more legitimacy or something. Yeah. yeah I don't know. But yeah, so that was the 1941, which I don't know if it's technically the original, if that was the first film that was made about, like, you know, with Werewolf as the centerpiece. Um, and, but it was colossally better than the sequel um, to American Werewolf in London, which is American Werewolf in Paris, and it came out in 97. So quite a long time after the original. Wow. I mean... There's not enough words in the dictionary for bad to describe this film. I, I mean, it was... But it had the guy from that thing you do. That <laughs> <laughs> was the only, only redeeming quality. Um, Wait, who was the woman? Was it the woman from... It was um, Julie Delpy. I love her. Why did she do this? I don't know. <laughs> it, it was... She's in that movie, all the movies with Ethan Hawke, like Before Sunset. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know you said <sighs> that the there's not enough made. words. Do you want to attempt... To describe how bad it was? Wait, okay, oh, so at least, okay. like, describe... I haven't seen it. Describe the premise. Okay, so the premise... So what's the premise? Yeah, is um, we've got um, American... Three American friends. They're in Paris. 
Um, they are somehow they at the beginning they manage to climb the Eiffel Tower in the middle of the night because that's just something you can do. There's no security. There's no people around. Those you Americans just, again. Yeah. You know. And it's all set up because he wants to bungee jump off the Eiffel Tower. But then Julie Delpy arrives and she's there to commit suicide. And so he, she jumps, he jumps after her to save her with the bungee cord, blah, blah, blah. And so the romance begins. Like he's now fixated. I'm already rolling my eyes. Yeah. But basically she is, she is a werewolf. Um, That's why she was trying to kill herself. But she, um, so her stepfather was the, I think he was the original werewolf that made her a werewolf. And then, but he was also like a doctor or scientist or something and was trying to figure out a cure for the lycanthropism. And um, so. At this point, just watch Underworld. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Well, and there were parts in this that kind of reminded me a little bit of Blade too. So like, I I get that, but. um, Hmm. But it was still, it was like a werewolf clueless. Yeah. I mean, it was just that kind of feel. The acting, I mean, I, uh, was, we'll get into the CGI a little bit. It was it was just that. It was trivial. Awkward. It was awkward. And it was mm-hmm. like nobody, it was almost like they didn't even write a script. They were like, just talk about this. You know, there was like the, <laughs> the dialogue didn't mean anything, didn't go anywhere. And, um, but then essentially he, uh, he ends up getting bitten, um, Tom Everett Scott, the, the main character. Mm-hmm. And so she's trying to, like, kind of help him through that. And then... Wait, the, she bit him? By no, him? she didn't. There's other werewolves. There's, like, a whole clan of werewolves. All French werewolves. <laughs> All French werewolves. Another group of people. Yay. Um, and then the, uh, so then he, he's got his two friends. His, his two friends are actually kind of, kind of funny and charming a little bit. Um, but it just, it's a mess. It's the, the story, the plot, the events, now, look, the characters, it it's all a mess. <laughs> um, Julie Bowen is in it. And, oh. And she's like, she's so amazing. And so watching her perform in this role is so disappointing because yeah. you know how funny she can be. Oh, for, ooh, 7% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes. That's generous. <laughs> oh, really? Um, yeah, because then the other element, like Tony mentioned, they, the werewolves are entirely CGI. And it's like, like you can see like the fuzzy edges of the werewolf image being inputted into the shot. Like it's the quality of the CGI. The animation is bad. The the execution is bad. It's horrible. We'll, we'll give it some love because it was re- and that relatively early. You said ninety seven. I mean, it, yeah. it was starting to come around, but it just was again off putting. It didn't look right. The lighting wasn't right at all. So I'm sure there was a scene where, you know, the actor was looking at what's supposed to be a werewolf and they were staring off in the space. It just, <laughs> it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah. I wish I had more words. I don't. <laughs> Bad. But Not good. They, <laughs> awful. They went the other Aww. direction for a happy ending um, where oh, yeah. they triumph. Right. And um, because like it's this whole thing about you have to cut out the heart of the werewolf that made you or something and eat it. And then you're no longer a werewolf. Like that's how you I don't know. Sure. Um, But but, but, that checks out. Yeah. The the, the facts check out. Um, The two of them, Julie Delpy and Tom Everett Scott, end up in the end alive and no longer werewolves, either of them. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. are getting married, bungee jumping off the Statue of Liberty. Uh. <laughs> that was because of the the werewolf yogurt solution. Oh 
god. Yes. Yeah, there's a point. They they locate, like, the clan of bad werewolves get the serum that her stepdad had produced that was supposed to suppress your were- your lycanthropism, but it actually enhances it and makes you immediately phase, even if it's not your time of the month. And, <laughs> like... Um, so they steal it and they use it to like, they're all in these monk robes and they're injecting themselves with, but yeah, the syringes look like they're full of yogurt or semen and like, they're <laughs> injecting it into their arms so that they can all become werewolves and attack all of these people to create a bigger werewolf. I mean, it's true. Well, well, I guess I need to not watch that. Yeah, cross that off fine. your list. I know it was coming up on yeah. your queue. Cross it right off. <laughs> very, very bad. Okay. Very bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's as far as I went. Obviously, oh, no, no. There was another one. We watched, um, so yeah, Stephen King's, it was from 1985. Uh, it was called Silver Bullet, but it was based on King's book, Cycle of the Werewolf. Mm-hmm. And, um, it starred, um, Corey Haim, who's Aww. absolutely adorable, like peak R.I.P. cuteness. Like he wasn't starting to be hot yet. It was mm-hmm. still just cute. Little cutie patootie. And Gary Busey. Oh my god! <laughs> um, and it's—I mean, it's perfect. It's perfect. Eighty Stephen King, mm-hmm. like the the vibe, the feel, the visuals, the the story. It it tell it tells like beautifully, like a story, the way that his stuff always does. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like stand out. It's not super surprising or super groundbreaking in any way. You might you might call it forgettable, but it's enjoyable too because it's just it feels like for me anyway. Watching a Stephen King story being told in film is just like it's just satisfying. It's comforting. Yeah, it seems fun. Yeah, so I liked that one. What do you think of that one, Tony? I, well, I grew up with it, so oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the werewolf was nine thousand times better than yep. the um, Parisian werewolf, although he's an American, won't go there. Yeah. Um, the quality of effects were strong. You know, I thought that you know, not scary, scary, but still, it was effective. The gore was you know top eighty Stephen King. A lot of blood, a lot of hair. Yeah, just like yeah. the Stephen Oliver. King books were really good for us, like tweens to that were interested in scary stuff. I feel like the Stephen King movies from that era were also perfect for like medium young people who like the genre mm-hmm. because, like, yeah, there's a little bit of gore. Yeah, it's scary, but it's not it's not ruin your life scary, um, and it's just enjoyable. It's fun to watch. Yeah. Well. I won't be watching American Werewolf in Paris. I will watch Silver Bullet. I don't know if I've watched it. Yeah, it's streaming on HBO right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, that's and it's good. only an hour and a half, so it's not a big commitment. Not a big time suck. Right, exactly. Okay. Well, good to know. I mean, there are other... What else do I watch? I mean, I liked Underworld. It has, like, the vampire. Yeah, see, and I've, like... I feel like werewolf. I've watched part of one of those, and I haven't. And then I tried... And I don't know why I liken these... Well, I mean, they're liken. <laughs> um, <laughs> to the Blade series. Because there is that, like, vampire, werewolf, like, element. And visually, like, stylistically, I feel like they look the same to me, even though I haven't seen very much of either. Oh, yeah. They have a lot of the same. There's a lot of pleather. (laughs) (laughs) It's like horror matrix. Pleather and sharp stuff. Like, sharp, 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 like, uh, weapons. House music. Don't forget the house (laughs) house music. (laughs) Yeah, and then the blood coming from the ceiling. and Yeah, it's just uh, very cool. But, um... Well, I think this is. Does anyone have any other ads or? Well, we did. Um, we didn't talk about the uh, the parent um, element oh, right, for right, right. our primary focus, American Werewolf in London, and we were talking a little bit before we started about how, for me, with the age that Grace has gotten now, I mean, God, she's going to be fourteen 
in um, two months. Um, it, there, I'm not really filtering what she's seeing anymore, partly because she's I've been overexposing her for about five years now. Um, but you, Meredith, have just started um, letting yeah. out that rope with your kids a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's time for me to pass that on to pass you. Pass the baton. Yeah, so, and you did show American Werewolf in London to your kids. Yeah, I did, and um, so... I didn't realize there were so many boobies. There's boobies, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the thing is, when Charlotte was watching it, like the scene where he's dreaming and then he's like a grotesque little, like a monster in the bed. Oh, and yeah. And I, all of us, were, except for Deke, because he's a little, he's the fraidy cat. Everyone was like, ha, 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 ha like laughed, <laughs> including my child. Like Charlotte laughed? Yeah, she's like, ha, nice. ha, ha, ha. So, I mean, I think she got, like, the funny parts that were, like, gallows humor, weird. She's like, ooh, you know. I think she liked it. Um, but this is a movie where I think, for her, she's um, she's getting up there. She'll be 13 in April. So she's liking more and more scary and macabre stuff. I mean, I will tell her eventually, you know, at some point to, like, close her eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, especially, like in like, the porno the, theater? The porno theater, Yeah. <laughs> But I hated that it was, like, so many important, poignant moments intermingled with, like, boobs. Well, and and it's funny because even though they were supposed to be watching a porno, like, there was very little actually going on on the screen that was even problematic. Like, again, you saw some boobs, but you saw less, like, sexual behavior taking place than you did during the actual sex scene. Right, yeah. There was a lot of moaning, though. (laughs) Yeah, there was. And not for, you know, the blood wedding and death. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of moaning. I mean, um, out of context, moaning is just moaning. Yeah. There's lots of reasons you hear moanings in horror <laughs> Well, movies. this is like, ah! And you're like, oh, gosh. Um, is so, she hurt? Right. <laughs> so my son kept his blanket, his blankie, over his eyes a lot of the time because there's, like, a lot of nudity and then the gross guts. He did not like the guts on the neck yeah. of Jack. He was like, that's disgusting. And Well, no, it's funny because, um, like, a neck is, like, a very, it's a vulnerable, like, as humans, like, mm-hmm. that, that is a very vulnerable place for us. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, maybe that's why, it's you know, all, the... It's all flappy. Yeah, all like, flappy. the werewolf um, kind of idea, like, targets the throat or, like, you know, having your throat ripped out. Yeah, um, yeah. To make you, it's even scarier because you're being attacked at a place where you feel very vulnerable. So the choice to make his neck that upsetting yeah. as he's decaying, like, kind of makes sense. Right, yeah. So, I mean, I would say my child, she enjoyed it. She thought it was fun. I told her to cover her eyes a few times. Some of the time she paid attention and did it, did yeah. do that. And then other times was she was Was it like, for the adult stuff or for I'm scary looking. stuff? adult stuff okay so a lot of it was like straight up humping and i was like yeah. let's not let's not well and i feel like <laughs> let's not watch like that a together. couple <laughs> years back like grace like she didn't she would cover her own eyes like i didn't need to tell her and i don't know if it was because she was at an age where she was like ew that's gross or she's like i'm sitting next to my mom i'm not gonna yeah, watch like, this right this now is awkward um, yeah, Charlotte's sitting between me, Victor, then oh, her brother's on the God. other side, and we're like, oh, no, <laughs> thank you. So I would say if you've seen other scary movies, she's seen a handful now at this point. Yeah. She's like asking me, like, can we watch more? Like, she's liking it, I think. Um, but I kind of really tell her to close her eyes intermittently, depending on the movie and what's happening. Um, so I would say someone can show their kid yeah. this. If, but like... The sex scene is a long time. Yeah, the Go sex scene and then the porno make theater, the, the and then come back later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> okay, Forrest. <laughs> yes. Um, but for next time, we're talking about the menu. Oh yeah. So um, it came new out. one. It's brand new. 
So just like when we did mm-hmm. Barbarian, like a special spoiler alert, because it's not like this is a movie that's 30 years old and we don't feel bad about yeah, spoiling it. Yeah, it just came out yeah, and it made so me watch very it or hungry. Don't listen. I was like starving. Yeah, I think that's weird. It made you hungry. We can talk about that. You know, I live my life how I live it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, Tony, for Thank joining you. us. It was uh, fun to chat. And it's always fun to bring somebody new and talk about these movies together. Because I love talking about these scary yeah, movies. And it's and not just us. fun about them. It makes us feel a little less weird that there are more of us out there. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, we all have these common interests. And um, people have, like, their top scary movies. And they share it with, you know, with each other, like, what they think is the best and why mm-hmm. and I think it's fun to have those conversations and why someone thinks it's crap like <laughs> I'm like I love Jacob's lot and he's like well too bad it's trash so yeah well but that's the like <laughs> perfect example of you know depending on what point you are in your life when you see a movie um mm-hmm. how how you feel about it and then how it stays with you or doesn't and then you know you show it to somebody else way 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 later and they don't have the response that you want them to have, but you agree to marry them anyway. <laughs> Waste of time. <laughs> I'm glad you remind me of that. Katie. What, that you're engaged? <laughs> no, that he said that about one of my favorite scary movies. You should ask for a Jacob's Ladder themed wedding. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> like, weird, like weird horns all over the place. Yep, tails. Okay, on that note, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.